Hello everybody out there and hello, welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk show with me, Barry Holmes. We are here for episode 179 of the Talk That Talk show and you know we inch closer and closer to 200 but I just really want to thank everyone out there for continuing to rock out with me whether you're on Instagram, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, I swear, I feel like I have the best fan, fan base, you know, in all of podcasting. You know, the way you guys show out for me, rocking the merchandise, um, telling friends about different episodes. Big shout out to my boy Josh Heems on the Instagram live stream. But, you know, the amount of people that continue to rock the merch. Um, when I'm in alleys, they're continuing to ask for jerseys and, you know, the pride that people have when they wear Talk That Talk show. Um, it just means the world to me, man. And, you know, it helps me to keep going each and every week. You know, big shout out to Robert Brantley Jr., who's on our Facebook live stream. But I definitely, before I wanted to start this episode, um, I really wanted to, you know, apologize to, you know, you guys 100% because, you know, one of the things that made my shirt so dope, uh, the last OG release, was the fact that it had consistency on the front. And, you know, I pride myself on each and every week being able to come here and give you guys an episode of the Talk That Talk show. And last week, you know, it just seemed like everything in the world that could have happened happened in my life. And, you know, it just really you know, created just a big mess of a schedule for me. And, you know, I just found myself, you know, it was also, I feel like a culmination of a lot of different things as well, too. But, you know, for the first time in over 160 episodes, you know, like I said, we have 179 tonight. But um, our first week off episode was, uh, I just looked at it, it was episode 20 back in 2019. So for three straight, you know, years, we did not miss a week. And, you know, last week I did miss a week. And I wanted to apologize to each and every one of you out there because, you know, there are people that really depend on this podcast. But at the same time, you know, I'm a human being as well, too. Um, you know, nobody thought that, you know, I'd be going to see, you know, the Mets eventually lose in the playoffs, then go to a Giants game. Uh, my father, you know, wind up getting COVID, which kind of, you know, really put what we can do, you know, here at the house, you know, really up and changed everything up, you know. So, you know, there was a lot of different things that really, you know, culminated into, you know, our week off. But, you know, I will say that, you know, oftentimes, you know, taking a week off as well, too, you know, gives you a big chance to recharge and, um, you know, check out and see what else is, you know, available for you. And, you know, one of the things that I got to do today, which I was really happy about, but, um, you know, we had a situation where me and my father had been talking, I think it was like maybe two or three weeks ago. And I was absolutely, you know, bowling like ass. Like I was fucking ass. That's the only way I can describe it. And, you know, my father had told me straight up, he was like, yo, maybe we got to just do something different. You know, maybe you're just burnt out. You know, I was just going from work to bowling, work to bowling. And, you know, I think I just needed some sort of, you know, rest of some sort to kind of jumpstart me to get back. 
And, you know, last Saturday, also another reason why I wasn't able to, uh, you know, do normally when I can't do it on nighttime on either Sunday or Friday night, I'd go Saturday morning. But I had the chance to reconnect with some of my college friends. Big shout out to Admiral and a uh, big shout out to my boy Cheddar Bob. But we had a great time golfing in Pennsylvania and it was awesome just to catch up with each other and, you know, enjoy each other's company and, you know, it's part of that mental health or, you know, doing things that you want to do along with um, doing things that you're supposed to do. You know, it makes all the difference, man. And to be able to go out there on the golf course with them and bullshit, laugh, have a good time, have some drinks. You know, I feel like that's what I needed to recharge. And then, you know, coming into this week, um, you know, I had the chance, like I said, obviously to play golf with uh, Admiral and Cheddar Bob, but, you know, my father, you know, I wanted to play with him too. You know, he's been playing, you know, a lot since he's um, since he's retired. So I wanted to spend some time with my father. And, um, you know, we had planned this, and like I said, with me working two jobs now and really just, you know, my schedule being super refined at the moment, you know, being able to, you know, play with him, especially after him coming after, you know, off of being, uh, having covid you know, it was dope to be out there and, you know, play with him. Um, we both got birdies. Big shout out to Pops. He got a, he sunk a really nice uh, putt, and I, I had a nice uh, tee shot, which then, you know, finished it up with a birdie. So I was really happy about that. We both shot under 100, which I know isn't super great, but it's good for us. So, um, you know, it was just good to... You know, take that mental health day where I didn't go to the full-time job and, you know, really just got to spend time with my dad. And, you know, in the week, last week of, you know, not recording the show, you know, just being able to go and do different events, you know, with me, my girlfriend, my family. Um, I think it's definitely what I needed because, you know, what I have saw now is that this whole week... <clears throat> It's just been a great week for me, and I just feel as though I was just so ready to come here and, and give you guys an episode here to talk that talk show. So, you know, once again, you know, I apologize for not, you know, coming with an episode last week, but, you know, we're here at 179, and next week we're going to hit 180, and, you know, I feel like, you know, this push, this, this push to 200 and beyond, you know, I just really want to continue to be a 100% authentic version of myself. And just really try and find a way to make it happen. You know, even today, you know, I was talking to my father and, you know, we had some issues with potentially being able to record the episode today. But, you know, I said I couldn't let that happen. You know, I had to make sure that I made something work. So for the first time ever, we're shooting this out of my room, you know. And, um, you know, I just hope that that dedication then bleeds through to you guys that, you know, I'm dedicated to bringing an episode here, this Talk That Talk show every single week. You know, I'm dedicated to making that Talk That Talk show merch that you guys wear and that you, you know, tell your friends to wear. I'm dedicated to making that shit mean something. And I think that that's a perfect segue to getting into, um, you know, bowling kind of recap of what's happened to me through this week. And... You know, I love bowling, and people ask me all the time, why do you bowl so much? And, you know, I could respond the money. I could say that, you know, it's good to win money. It's good to hang out with my friends and win money as well, too. But, you know, I really, truly do love the competition. You know, I've come from being a college athlete. I've come from being a high school 
lettered athlete, um, just someone who likes to compete, man. That's who I am. And, you know, I have a fierce uh, drive to win. And that's why it just made me so upset coming into our Monday Night League where, you know, me, my dad, Lenny, um, we just have a team that we think is just built for greatness, you know. Um, we, we love bowling with each other. Um, we love the competition that we're in. But, you know, we've kind of hit this point in the season where it just seems like we just can't pick up a win. You know, we haven't won in over four weeks. And each week, you know, we go out there and we're trying our best and, uh, you know, really giving it all, having some great weeks. But, you know, we're just getting the shit kicked out of us. And, um, you know, it's a tough feeling. You know, it's a real tough feeling to um, to have where you're going out there putting your best foot forward and it's not even close, you know. And I think, you know, me and Lenny were really upset leaving that Monday night where I think we got smoked and, you know, you have Ernie who comes to you the next night late in league, who's he not even in your league. And he said, man, I heard you guys got your ass kicked last night. And, you know, it's just all bulletin board material, you know, and it sucks to have people that really, I wouldn't say necessarily prey on your downfall, but, you know, when you don't meet expectations, it's definitely um, visible to other people as well, too. But I don't go out here to bowl for other people. I go out here to compete and have fun with my family and uh, try, try to win some money. So to see that we were second from last place in our most competitive league, you know, it was it really like put a, a knife in our heart, man, you know. And it kind of just really within our team just tried to get us something to galvanize us to where we're like, hey, you know, we got to stop losing, man. I mean, I know we're trying. I know we're, you know, making our adjustments. I know we're coming out here, you know, not giving up. But, you know, what we're giving right now is just not enough. So I think that what the message, you know, I try to tell my team and even something that I tried to, you know, bring within myself is just trying to let go of whatever negative thing that's happened and just try and move forward to the next shot. And I know it sounds easier said than done, but, you know, when after we got the shit kicked out of us Monday and we felt everything that we were supposed to feel, you know, it sucks losing. But we came out the next we, uh, next night on Tuesday, me and Lenny in our doubles league, we had a one uh, first place matchup. You know, we were trying to get our spot back and we wound up beating them 16 to four. And it was a tough match. You know, we really had to grind it out. But. You know, we kind of proved to ourselves that, you know, being the first team to 100 points, um, you know, we're here to stay. And, um, you know, here in the chatter, I love Bill the Thrill, Bill Stahl, but he's been talking a lot of fucking shit, you know, leading up to Tuesday. And, you know, I love that, man, because, you know, for me, I'm somebody that you never want to give bulletin board material to because, you know, at the end of the day, I don't forget anything, you know. Um, the team that we bowled against, to make a long story short, on Tuesday, one of the very first times me and my brother were bowling in league, um, they wound up. We we were uh, I was working in Newark and my brother was working in Newark at the time. We got off a little late. Trains were terrible. We were trying our best to rush over, and when we got there, they had rush bowled so that we, I think it's like you have to be there by the third frame, otherwise you have to 
you know, eat, eat the blind score. And I just thought that was real shitty that they, um, you know, rush bowled just so that we didn't have a chance to bowl against them for that game. And they won it. But then me and my brother proceeded to kick the doors off of them for the next two games. And <clears throat> that was something to me that happened, I think, four years ago. And every time that we bowl them, I circle that uh, that date on the calendar. And that just kind of shows you the type of, you know, mentality I have, especially in a mental game like bowling, man. Um, you know, Chris's father always says you can't, you're not bowling anybody but yourself. So, you know, at the end of the day, whatever you can do mentally to kind of get yourself up there and get ready to go out there and beat somebody at their best, you know, that's what we're going to do, man. So that ultimately led into Wednesday night where we had, again, knocked out of first place, not from losing, but we had to go take our spot back. And we had a battle, man. And for the first time, I think in about a month, we swept the team and took back first place on Wednesday night. So, you know, we could have easily, the, the, what I'm trying to say too is, you know, we could have easily just felt sorry for ourselves because we got the shit kicked out of us on Monday night. And I could have let that ruin my entire week. You know, I could have let the fact that, you know, I didn't record a podcast last week stop me from recording this week. Could have made those excuses. <clears throat> but ultimately, I had to think back to the consistency shirt that I made, the consistency shirt that, you know, I put forth to have other people wear that galvanized other people and that inspired them. You know, that's the reason why I had to record this episode in my room. That's the reason why, you know, I call all my teammates and text them after every match and tell them I still believe in you and I still am here to and happy and proud to wear the same jersey as you. Because, you know, if we don't have those teammates, whether it be in bowling, whether it be life-wise, whether it's your friends, you know, you need people to help bring you up. And that's what Thursday night... Um, it became, even though we're not in first place in Thursday night, um, it's one of my favorite nights to bowl in because over at Woodbridge, uh, you have some of the best bowlers at that house that don't go anywhere else to bowl. You know, these are your best guys that you're going to go and bowl against. And, you know, I truly like to compete, man, especially with my father, uh, Walter, big shout out to Eric. But I bring this all to say that, Monday night, we had a similar situation to Thursday night. You know, we hadn't won in over a fucking month, man. And each loss, it seemed like we were losing right at the last shot. And, you know, we were still getting double digits and points from losing. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shitty feeling when you go out there each and every week, put your all, and you just come up short. And I remember putting in the group chat to everybody. I said, yo, you know, we got to treat this as do or die. You know, one of my father's favorite things, he's like, all right, we'll get him next week. You know, we got it. Don't worry, we'll get him next week. And, you know, I just put it in the group chat. I was like, I'm, you know, there's no more. We're getting it next week. Right now, this is the fucking time where we got to turn this season around and show that we're serious. You know, we want to win. And I was just happy to be able to, you know, kind of, you know, put that sense of urgency within our team to say, hey, we got to go get this dub, you know, because, you know, like I said, losing sucks. It sucks. And, you know, I think that the consistency that we go to try and, you know, build each other up 
and, and help each other to get better and communicate. One of the situations we had in that game on Thursday was that team that we were bowling against, you know, they had all between them about like four or five strikes in the first couple frames, and they were killing us. And they just thought they were just going to run over us. And, you know, we just kept fighting. Uh, we didn't win the game, but, you know, we wound up knocking down like a 200-pin hole down to about 60 or 70 pins. And, you know, like my father said, that just kind of carried the momentum for us over into the next game. And I remember the first game, I was like, fuck, I just really hyped everybody up, told them how important this game was. And I go out there and I bowl a 150. You know, I felt so shitty at myself, you know, but... You know, my boy Eric and my and my dad, and they told me, "Yo, Barry, come on, we need you, bro. We need that energy. You know, we need you. Know, you go as we go as far as you take us." And I went out there and I shot, you know, no less than two oh five the next two games, and you know, we wound up getting our first win in over a month on Thursday night. And when I tell you that beer tasted so good, man, I'm telling you, yo, when you leave, you know, out of the alley every night after losing a tough match week after week, you know, you start to not only question yourself, but question, am I, am I, am I supposed to be here? You know, am I doing the right thing? Like, am, you know, I'm putting up this money, but you know, am I, is it worth it? And, you know, to get a win like that, where we really just, you know, we got it out the mud, man. We were getting the shit kicked out of us. You know, it was looking like a similar situation from Monday night, but you know, to turn it around and, and, and get a gritty win our first win in over a month, man. I just think that just catapulted us, you know, to another realm, man. And, you know, I think that the continuous hope and belief within each other is what got us that win. And I think that especially when you talk about team sports, when you talk about, you know, just working together in general, even at work or wherever, you know, cohesion is so important. And just the fact that, you know, the team that I had just continued to believe in me and, you know, believe that, you know, we were not going to lose, man. Like, I, I could not go another fucking week in the loss column, man. And that was just so dope, man, for us to go and beat a real tough team. I had a guy had the front nine on me, man. He had the front nine strikes. And I went up to him seven strikes in a row right there with him. So, yeah, he beat me, but, you know, I didn't I didn't roll over, man. And I think that, you know, you know, big shout-out to Brian Bloom. Big shout-out to Justin McPhail. Big shout-out to Bose Brim on our Instagram live stream. But, you know, the point of what I'm trying to tell you about, you know, this whole week of bowling and even, um, you know, the week off from the podcast, it just kind of reaffirmed to me that, you know, you just got to keep fighting, man. You know, you got to find a way. You know, don't make any excuses. Just, you know, find a way to get better. Find a way to get it done. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, at times, especially when you're someone that's bleeding this and, and professing this, you know, you have to really look within yourself and say, am I truly embodying the things that I'm empowering other people to do? And that week off for me just really put me in the right spot of saying, damn, let me recenter myself. Let me get everything that I need to do. And let me go out there and try and uh, get a win for us, man. And, and I was just so happy to have and bring our team up to do that, man. 
Uh, and big, big Justin McPhail says, how about them fills? He must have saw the stage notes here. You know, I, I have to say, you know, even though my, my Mets this is the first time, you know, talking since I told you guys I was going to the wild card game on Friday. I'm extremely disappointed in what I saw from the Mets. I'm extremely disappointed in what I saw from Max Serzer, but I am proud of that team. They gave me an exciting thing to watch every day after work. And they had heart, man. Those Mets were uh, definitely not going to be the team they were going to see. But I'm going to give Justin McPhail some credit here because here you have the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Braves, all with over 100 wins, right? None of them made it past the NLDS. And I'm going to tell you, the Phillies are my pick to win the NL because what I'll say to you is this, and this is the important lesson that um, I have to tell to everyone who watches baseball, and especially if you're a young baseball watcher, I'll tell you this. Postseason baseball is not about who the best team is. It's literally about who is the hottest team. And right now, the Philadelphia Phillies are the hottest team in baseball. I'm also going to give you another thing that I will say about this, right? I think that being a wild card team did nothing but help the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres. I know it wasn't a big time off, right? But I think the fact that, you know, the Dodgers were waiting around, that the Braves were waiting around, you know, I think that that really hurt uh, those National League teams because when you think about the Phillies who had to go out there and, like Justin said, no breaks, go on the road and, and beat a tough team in Atlanta and then go out here and, and just continue the process on, man. I'm telling you, you know, the Phillies, you know, have shown that they are the hottest team in baseball. They have great pitching and they have hot bats. You know, when you look at what the Mets did and did not do is the Mets did not have their starting pitching you know, go into long into distance. That that game, uh, the game three where Chris Bassett was on the mound, you know, he gave us two strong innings and then fucking blew it. You know what I mean? You give Max Scherzer, he goes two or three strong innings and then he blows. No, excuse me, one strong inning and then he blows it. You know, our pitching was supposed to be the thing that catapulted us to the National League Championship Series and beyond into the World Series, and our pitching failed us. And that is what I'm telling you is what makes the Phillies so fucking dangerous is that they got, you know, Aaron Nola, they got Zach Wheeler, you know, they got their pitchers, uh, the bullpen guys as well too. But those bats are hot, man. You know, you got Bryce Harper who has a reason to try and have a chip on his shoulder again. That's a dangerous hitter if you're doubting Bryce Harper, you know. Um, I just think that, you know, on the American li- on the American League side of things too, the Yankees are in trouble. I think the Yankees fans are getting exactly what they deserve because when our Mets went out, I had a lot of Yankee fans talking hella shit. A lot of Yankee fans was talking that talk. Well, I'm telling you guys this. You dropped the first two in Houston. 
You you cannot lose any games in New York. You got to win both of those games. Because if you go back to Houston in a must-win situation, I promise you, I got a seat for you Yankee fans right on the couch. You hear that, Doc? You always got a seat on the couch. But uh, <laughs> I'll say this, though, man. It's been a great, great playoff. You know, even though my Mets did not advance, you know, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. And if you had to see what my World Series pick is, I'm going with the Houston Astros going up against the Phillies. And as much as I hate to say it, Justin McPhail, I'm going with the Phillies to win it all. They're the hottest team in baseball. And if they keep it in the NL East, it just shows how strong our division is. Um, what's he say? He says AL is, is limping into it. You're right, man. You know, even the, the Astros, you know, struggling to beat the Yankees who are a strikeout machine. You know, it doesn't really make you uh, too confident in the AL. But being that my Mets got knocked out, it is now officially basketball season for us. And you know what team I'm rocking with. We are New York. We are the New York Knicks. You know what time it is. That's my favorite team. And if you're a Knicks fan, I hope you watch that game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Because even though we lost a tough game to a, a hurt Memphis Grizzlies, I will say this. I was slightly impressed with what I saw. You know, I wasn't too much of a fan of the stagnant iso-type ball that we were seeing from time to time. But I like the grit that I saw. And you can see that this team is completely differently composed because these bench players that we have coming in, and I'm going to say pause when I say this, but the Knicks just look much longer out there. You know what I'm saying? Seeing a Cam Reddish out there defending, you know, putting up 22 points off the bench. But I'm telling you, the one guy who I'm looking at to see can he make a difference for this New York Knicks team is Isaiah Hartenstein. That boy took a lot of solid minutes away from Mitchell Robinson. He was playing late in the game for the Knicks, you know, and he can stretch the floor. He showed me physicality. He showed me a way to defend without, you know, getting into foul trouble. And he shows that Thibodeau has faith in this guy late into the games. So, you know, I'm interested. To, you know, I want to get off the air here because the Knicks have a big game against uh, the Detroit Pistons. And I want to see how this Knicks team is going to do against Detroit. You know, I want to see, you know, is there going to be a little bit more continuity on the offensive side of the, the ball? You know, are we going to be playing better defense, you know? I think the Knicks played very good defense against the Memphis Grizzlies, even in an overtime game. You know, the Knicks came back. They were down by as much as 17, and they're showing you that even uh, Jalen Brunson didn't necessarily have the best first half, but there were key moments down the stretch where he hit get big buckets. Even Cam Reddish, who was ridiculed to the bench last year, finally gets himself a chance to get some uh, tick. And he hits a game-tying uh, game three-pointer to send us into overtime. So if you're a Knicks fan, don't be upset at this loss. There's a lot of potential with this Knicks team. I think a lot more p potential than people assume that we would have because we didn't necessarily get those big-name signings. But please watch out for Isaiah Hartenstein because from what he showed me, 
we are going to be very solid, you know, up the middle with defending the rim and also stretching it out from the three-point line. And don't forget, we still haven't had Quentin Grimes yet, too. So once we get him back, that's another elite perimeter defender to help that Knicks squad. And then, you know, before I get into the UFC matchups, I got to give a big-time shout-out to my boy Koo over at ECAP City. You know, I think that... um. You know, I don't want to be critical of other hat stores, but um, there was some dirt. It was a dirt collection that I'm not going to say. You know, it might be by one of our favorite, uh, you know, hat companies out there. But they put out a collection that was subpar, in my opinion. You know, and I just have to give a big time shout out to Koo because over at ECAP City, he has been steadily putting out dope hats, man. And, um,. You know, he has a hat that's coming out next week. I want to show it to you guys here on the live for the first time. If you follow my Catmaster B account, you've probably seen this. I told you, this is one of my favorite minor league hats right now without a question. Because the thing that I want to say is this. This hat right here, this is designed, you know, I, I helped a little bit with Kenny Lou in designing this. But this was the Statue of Liberty hat from my fitteds. Love this hat. But it's inspired by the Statue of Liberty, right? I feel as though in the hat game right now, every hat has to be inspired by something. There needs to be some sort of hook, they call it now. And I think that it's taking away from the pureness of just how dope a hat can be. I just remember that we going into Against All Odds or going into Lids when we were kids and not really knowing what the hat meant or what it was supposed to be but just copping it because it was fire, you know? And I think that with the state of the hat game is now, we've kind of went away from how dope hats are, and it's more of how well does the hat match the inspiration. So I went to ECAP City, and I went there looking for a hat with no inspiration, and that's what I think makes ecap city stand out from anyone else because they don't write long novels they don't make big promotional videos they just say this is our hat if it's fire come get it and this hat right here made me think i gotta come get this hat this is if you can see in the light here this is black tiger camo you don't really see hats with camo print all right the camo print with the secondary logo side patch for the Tennessee Smokies, another team that we very much don't see used often. And to see it accented with the orange brim here, you know, it's a hat that I've yet to see made, man. And this is the way that I kind of want to see the hat game start to go is show me more shit without inspiration that I have not seen before. And that's what I want to see from the hat game. And that's why I want to give a big time shout out to Koo over at ECAP City because this Tennessee Smokies is fire. Don't nobody have a black tiger camo print on the hat with a tan undervisor. Come on, yo. I tell you know, people talk to me all the time about oh, they like hats, oh, they got these dope hats. Show me, show me how dope them hats are, man. Because something like this, I'm telling you, you're not gonna go to the store and just cop this, man. This shit is fire, man. But um, I tell you what, the last thing I want to talk about before we get off the air, because I told you I want to watch the Knicks game, but I got to talk about UFC 280. Because my boy Jeff, oh, also, 
big time shout out to Jeff. I've you know we've been calling him Betmaster G because you know his parlays. You know he's been hitting very well. Um, I also want to give him the shout out because you know I gave him the blessing to use talk, the talk that talk show name. And what he's done is he's really created this betting discord through Talk That Talk Show called the Talk That Talk Show Betting Discord. And we basically just post our, you know, bet slips, um, talk about sports, and just created a platform to interact with. And, um, you know, I got to give him a big time shout out to because that wasn't something that I told him to do. That was something that he was passionate about. And, you know, I also like sports betting as well, too, but... You know, we found a, a common need to kind of bring people together. And I think that that's what's really dope about having friends around you that believe in you for one, but also believe in where you're trying to go. You know, he straight up was like, hey, let's make the Talk That Talk Show betting discord. Tori, I will add you in and I got you. I'll send you the link when I get offline. Anybody that wants me to send you the link to the, bet, the Talk That Talk Show betting Discord. Just send me a DM or send me a message and we'll get that out to you. Um, but yeah, no, I think it is just so dope to have you know someone like Jeff in my life that uh, not only presents good ideas, but put them into motion. You know what I'm saying? And I think that you know, that's so important, you know, to have someone that helps you in that way. So, you know, big time shout out to Jeff. He's been cashing out all week. So check out the Discord and check out what type of bets he's been putting in. But um, I want to give you guys my quick three-team uh, parlay. This is going to be for UFC 280. Um, this is going to be money line, just all winner. I'm just going for who I think is going to win. And the first one on this card that we got to talk about is Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley. Guys, this is a dangerous fight for both fighters because we're seeing that, you know, they're both on, you know, kind of opposite trajectories. You have Peter Yan who, you know, had the uh, the belt for a little bit, interim belt, whatever you want to call it, lost it, um, lost to Aljamain Sterling in the rematch, and is slowly now going down. He went from, you know, fighting a title fight to now fighting a guy in Sean O'Malley, you know, and... Here you have Sean O'Malley, who had all the confidence in the world, lose to Cheeto Vera, and is still trying to gain the respect from people that he's not just, um, ju not just a, a gimmick fighter, you know. <clears throat> but you know it's tough to call, and you know after talking with my boy Darius, big shout out to Glex, I like Peter Yan. You know my heart tells me I want Sean O'Malley to win. I want to see the crazy knockout from him, but I just see, think the experience of Peter Yan. And the damage that he can do with his hands is really just going to be too much for frail Sean O'Malley. I just think he's going to be too much. So I'm telling, I'm taking Peter Yan. Second one on the list is Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. I know how tough TJ Dillashaw is. These guys are both in incredible shape. But I just haven't seen the growth of a fighter in the same trajectory from TJ Dillashaw as from what I've seen from Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling has transformed himself into a much better fighter. And TJ Dillashaw, you know, he is a good fighter, but he's continuously been a good fighter in my opinion. Aljamain Sterling, in that trajectory of getting better and showing us how he's added levels to his fighting game, I think that's what makes him a lock in this fight against TJ Dillashaw. And then... This is the dangerous one, guys. This is the dangerous one. 
Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. Woo! Darius always says, don't go against the mountain, man. But I believe in Charles Oliveira, guys. The submission goat. Yes, I'm going to tell you, the submission goat. This guy, Charles Oliveira, continuously seems to submit guys to, in the craziest positions in ways that you never thought he would get guys to tap out. And Charles Oliveira, again, is somebody that we've seen just progress tremendously as a fighter. But I can't use that argument against Islam because Islam is the protege of Khabib. And Khabib is a generational talent. But Khabib ain't out there fighting, guys. It's Islam. And I just think that Charles Oliveira, with his stature, with the, his freeness, his pressure of, you know, putting bringing the fight to people, but at the same time showing that technical nature to, to submit you, I like, you know, Charles Oliveira, guys. I'm sorry, but I like him. So, you know, my three-team UFC 280 parlay, I'm going with Peter Yan, Aljermaine Sterling, and Charles Oliveira. Put that in there. I'm going to put that into the betting discord. But, you know, thank you guys so much for rocking out with me for episode 179 of the Talk That Talk show. Um, you know, it took a week off. And I'm sorry we weren't able to get you the episode last week. But, you know, we're going to keep this train moving. And we're going to get an episode to talk that talk show to you guys every week. You know, um, I think for us to miss a week, uh, one week out of 160, you know, I think that's a pretty good ratio. And it really helped me to, you know, recenter myself both bowling-wise, podcast-wise, human-wise, I just feel recharged, man, and I was starting to feel that little burnout or I was starting to feel, you know, bogged down by, you know, all the different intricacies of life. But, um, you know, to take that time off and come back stronger than ever, you know, that's what I need, man, and that's what the Mets need. They need a nice, strong off season. They need to feel all that hurt of coming up short so they can come back stronger than ever because I promise you guys this. Next week, we're going to be talking about how Talk That Talk Show broke their four-week streak of losing on Monday nights. We did it on Thursday night. Now it's time to do it on Monday night. All right? So I'm signing it off here, guys. I'm speaking it into existence. You know, we're going to stay with the regiment. We're going to stay and trust the process. I'm going to keep believing in the people that I wear the same jersey with. You know, I just thank you guys for keep rocking out with me, believing in me believing in this Talk That Talk show, and, you know, just accepting my 100% authentic self, man. It's not easy to come out here and do an episode every single week, give you guys 40 hard minutes of solid content, you know, just sharing my ultimate thoughts and and just, just giving you everything I have, man. It's not easy, but, you know, you guys make it worth it. So thank you so much for rocking out with me. I love you all. Thanks for, you know, rocking out with the Talk That Talk show. You can check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. You name it, we're on it. Check us out on our website, talkthattalkshow.com. Tell a friend. Um, we're out here, man. We're back better than ever, and you will see us next week. So I love you all. Thank you for rocking out with us. Episode 179 in the books, and I'll see you all next week.